You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Tonight with the Mishnah Bura. Let's take a look. It's going to sound familiar. Here we go. Seder Ayom. What is going to be the Seder Ayom? And this is the Seder Ayom for tomorrow night. It was the Seder Ayom for the first days of Pesach. It's the Seder Ayom for the last days. Seder Ayom. Arvit, Vishacharit, Umincha, Omer Shoash Rishonot, Vishoash Achronot. The same way on a weekday. It's in the middle bracha that things are different. How is the middle bracha different tomorrow night? Kedushat Ayom Be'emtza. You're going to talk about the holiness of, 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 of the Chag. And you're going to say, what? Atabakartanu. Right? You chose us, Akadosh Baruch and that's part of the Kedusha. Also, Batitein Lanu, the great gift of the Yom Tov, Chag HaMatzot But the way it's described by the Beit Yosef, is a little bit different than we're going to see in the Mishnah the way the Ashkenazim say it. But the way the uh, Sephardim say it, based on the Psak of the Bet Yosef, is, which is, adding that word that it's a Yom Tov Mikra Kodesh. Now we also say Mikra Kodesh. I have a Sidur right in front of me and I'm reading from it. We also say, the Ashkenazim, we, we say, Vatiten Lanu, Esyom Chag Hamatzot Azeh, Mikra Kodesh, Zechar Utsiyas Mitzrayim. But the Beit Yosef says you should add Esyom Tov Mikra Kodesh Azeh. You add Esyom Tov. And you can see from the side that this is based on the Mesech Sofrim and the Minak Sfarad. So the, the Masechet Sofrim, we've talked about that in the past, where that comes from, the Masechet Sofrim. The Masechet Sofrim is uh, written sometime after the Zman of the Talmud. And it has in it the customs of Tfilah and Kriyat HaTorah, Kriyat HaTorah and Tfilah. That's where it says to say, as Yom Tov Mikra Kodesh Hazem. Let's move on. What else do we say? Zman Cheruteinu. That's what we say. It's the Zman of Cherus. By the way, you know, most people say that Cherus means freedom. Cherus means freedom. Okay. Um, but I think it can mean something else. I think, uh, as we know from the the dream of the Sarah Ophim, it says there that it was Sale Chori, which meant According to many Mepharshim, they were fancy baskets that you would see at a palace. Cheruteinu isn't just freedom. It's a time of being an elevated person. That's what it means. It's not a time of freedom where you can just do what you want. It's a time to recognize that we are elevated beings. We are beings with an incredibly high purpose that God wants for us. We are the aristocrats of the planet. Zman Cheruteinu. That's the Zman that we at first understood what it meant that we are B'nai Chorin. We are important. 
people, for this planet, and God's mission. So after we say Zman Cherzenu, we say, of course, Yalevi and Vahasienu, and Vahasienu, of course, ends, the Chatima Vahasienu, ends with the Bracha. What is the Chatima of the Bracha? You, you guys are all familiar with it, I'm sure, which is, the Chatima Vahasienu is, the Chotei Mekadesh Yisrael Vazmanim. Now, what would be Vimomar Mekadesh HaShabbat? <laughs> you got confused. Okay, and you said Mekadesh HaShabbos. What's the din? So here we have another principle. I said last night, we learned a lot of Shas principles. We learned about Neder. We learned about uh, a, 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 a Neder versus a Koname or a Nedava. A Neder versus a Shmua. We learned about, what does it mean, a Kezayit? What does it mean, uh, a Beitza? Tonight, we're learning about a, another halachic principle in Shulchan Aruch, which is that if you're supposed to say something and you can correct that, as long as you correct it within toch kadei dibur, im chazer toch kadei dibur yatsa. Even though you say mekadesh shabbat and it's not shabbat, but if you can switch toch kadei dibur, it's a very important halacha. We say, all right, it's as if you said it, as if you said the right thing. You can take it back. But the Shulchan Aruch explains why. Because he knows it's Yom Tov. He knows it's Yom Tov. Something just went fuzzy in his brain for a minute. And therefore, he's still in a way saying it. So even though it's a couple of seconds later, he knows that it's Yom Tov. So even though at the time he said it, there was some little bit of confusion, that's the reason why you can take something back. Now, Let's say it's not going to happen this year, but let's say it's Yom Tov and Shabbos together. It was uh, Shabbat Chalamoed, for example, in Musaf, where it was Shabbat and Yom Tov together. So, but let's say it was actually uh, even now Chalamoed, Shabbat and Yom Tov together. Im Chal B'Shabbat, then what do you say? Because if it's Shabbat, Shabbat also demands that you give mention to it in the middle bracha. So what do you do? Omer, you say, remember we're doing 25 minutes of halacha today, that's till 8.25. Imchal b'shabbat omer et yom hamanoach hazeh. That was an interesting nusach. And this comes from the Tosvot and Brachot. Not yom ha-shabbat, yom hamanoach hazeh. Manoach. Vet yom chag ha-matzot hazeh. Which is interesting. We don't say yom ha-shabbat hazeh. Our minig is to say Yom HaShabbat, but the minig of the Beit Yosef, the way he brings it down from the Rishonim, is Yom HaManoach. It's Yom Chagamatzotazeh. I don't have a real good reason why. We, I have to look it up. Shooting from the hip, I could maybe think of something. Why we, why in the Shulchan Aruch's time, they would say Yom HaManoach Hazeh instead of Yom HaShabbat Hazeh. It could be because it's similar to Yom Chagamatzot. Right? Chagamatzot is, right? Chagamatzot is what we do. In other words, God calls it Chagamatzot, a famous word from the Berdichever, that, that we call it Pesach. We don't usually say it's Chagamatzos. 
If you talk between ourselves, we say, oh, this is Pesach. And that's because we're always looking about what God did for us. Whereas God in the Torah, and the way it's described in the, in the Tefillah, we say it's Chaga Matzot. He gave us Chaga Matzot from his perspective. It's the Chag of the Mitzvah of Matzah, which of course is, you know, again, what we did for him. The fact that the way we, right, that we baked the matzah and the way we were rushing to get out, that's Chag HaMatzot. So it could be in the same way that the matzot... Yeah, yeah but, uh, but Chag HaShavot is Chag HaShavot. It's not Chag Matan. Okay, that's a good question, Effie. Why is it right? The day we're going out to learn Torah, right? Yeah, that's not even mentioned the Torah at all. But, the yeah, right, the, again, I'm just shooting from the hip, Effie. The Bredichimur is trying to explain why we call it Pesach and the Torah is called Chagamatzot. So the Bredichimur says, because it's like God's, God is loving us and we're loving God. <laughs> We are giving it to God and saying, Pesach, you, were, you, you saved us. You had compassion on us. You didn't kill us. And God mentions what we do. So similarly, Manoach is what we do. In other words, what we do is we rest. As Yom HaManoach, I said, that's what Kal Yisrael does. God was Shabbat. God, in a sense, stopped. That's, Yom HaShabbat is what God did. Are we Shabbat? I guess so. We, we, we don't go to work. Right? But mostly it's Manoach. Manoach is more what we do. <laughs> From God's perspective, we don't know what that means. It was a shvisa, there was a, there was a cessation of creation. In many ways, the world's going on still. For us, if someone would say, what is Shabbat for us? Manoach. <laughs> so it's described from our perspective, the same way Chagamatzot is described from our perspective. Maybe that's the reason why in the Tfilah we say Yom HaManoach Hazeh. Okay, V'choteim, how do we end the bracha? Mekadesh HaShabbat, Mekadesh HaShabbos, V'Yisrael V'Azmanim. Mishabur is going to show that some have the Nusach of Mekadesh HaShabbat without the Vav. But you can see in the in the Beit Yosef, it's V Yisrael, Mekadesh Shabbat, and Yisrael Vazmanim. So you actually have a Vav connecting all three. And on a Friday night, Yontif, Ein Omer and Birchat Mein Sheva, after the Aravit service, you don't do this semi-repetition uh, because uh, the assumption is that on a Yontif, most people are going to be there. You'll see most people will probably be there on time, and we don't have to worry about the people who are the stragglers. Okay. Um, I want to point out a couple of things here in the Mishnah Bura. The Mishnah Bura uh, mentions um, here... Let's take a look at Zion in the Mishnah Bura. <laughs> okay. So what does he say here in O Zion? The Shulchan Aruch said, what's the Chatima? Mekadesh HaShabbat Yisrael Vazmanim. Let's look at Sif Katan Zion in the Mishnah Bura. Ubidevad, im lo hizgerak Shabbat o Yisrael Vazmanim Levad. Let's say that it's, the Shulchan Aruch spoke earlier about changing it.
Yeah, it looks like we had a little bit of a break there. I'm sorry. Okay, we're back. Again, it was a little bit of an unstable connection. Sorry about that. I can only control it so much. So uh, it's good to see everybody again. I'm just going to mute you all. If you want to speak up, you can definitely speak up. That'll be fine. Hello. Yeah, I'm not sure why uh, things have happened the way they did. <laughs> um, but we will see what we can do here. Okay. Um, again, I, I wish the uh, I wish we had. It's telling me that the internet connection is unstable. All right, we're going to try it the best we can. Uh, again, I apologize for the instability. So what do we find there in the Mishaburah? Let's read it one more time. Let's say it's Shabbat and Yontif together. And all he says is Shabbat. Or he says, you have to go back and repeat Shmones. I am Bir Alocho, I am Bir Alocho Sheikhranu, Diemlo Hiskir Rak Shabbat Levad, Vadai Ein Lachs Arbrocha Mishmuzer. So even though he starts off saying, it's a Machlokas Achronim, what you're supposed to do. However, my opinion is that if you, if you don't say Makadish Yisrov Azmanim, you just say Mekadesh HaShabbat, you definitely do not have to go back. All right? Um, let's see why not. Why is, if you say Mekadesh HaShabbat, why is it that he says it's better? It's better than just saying, so let's take a look at the Ber Halacha. Very interesting Ber Halacha. When I look at my time, I'm just looking here. We have nine minutes. I want you to check it out with me. Why? Why is it that Mekadesh HaShabbat is better, even though it's Yom Tov? He says, There's a machloka between Shammai, the houses of Shammai and Hillel. The Beit Shammai, Mitzbalo Shmona, Beit Hillel Sheva. In general, Shammai's opinion was, Shammai's opinion was that you're supposed to daven eight brochos on a Shabbat and a Yom Tov. When it's Shabbos and Yom Tov together, Beit Shammai says eight brochos. Beit says seven. But Poteach Bishel Shabbat, Bechotein Bishel Shabbat, Umasker Yom Tov Be'emtza. But Hillel feels that it's more of a Shabbat day than it is a Yom Tov day. Even though it's true, it is Yom Tov and special. But the essential aspect of this bracha, Shabbat, is here. It's true. Yom Tov and Shabbos came together. But Echilel feels, give Yom Tov its due. But remember, this is a standard Shabbat. Shabbat gets its ending. That's Hillel's opinion. Rebbe Oymer, now Rebbe, the descendant of Hillel, says, Rebbe says, you know what, you can even do it a different way. Even though my ancestors was correct, and his school of thought was, it should be Mekadesh HaShabbat, mention Yontif in the middle, but the end of the bracha, the essence is a Shabbat bracha, 
you know what you can do? You're, you can stick Yom Tov with Shabbat together at the end. You're allowed to do that. We say Rebbe is right. You're allowed to insert Yom Tov. Now we have to find the next Ber Halacha. And I'm going to switch you guys over here to the other side so you can see it. Okay. Knesak David says, Yom Tov by itself, you're Yotza. Kivan Shehuska Shabbat Be'emza. Since you said Shabbos in the middle. The Prichodesh Va'od Kama Postum Chokam Alof. They say whether you mention Shabbat Levad or Yom Tov Levad, Lo Yotza. Kivan Shashina Achatim HaMadeya Shetamu Chachamim. The Prichodesh and other Postum hold, not like you're going to see in the Mishnah They say, once Rebbe came and gave his Psak, that means you have to say Mekadesha Shabbat Yisrael Vazmanim. Right? You if you say one without the other, you need to go back and repeat the bracha. That's the psak of the Prichodosh, a, a tremendous basic. Uh, the Rav Yerushalayim. But take a look at the Mishnah Bura. Many people think the Mishnah Bura is 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 <laughs> is not such a posik in terms of courage that he didn't have the courage of other poskim. Take a look. I disagree. If you don't mention Shabbat at the end, you're not Yotza this bracha. But you can weave out Yom Tov. It's true. Rebbe liked the idea of adding Yom Tov. Rebbe is moted to the original psak of Beit Hillel that you don't need Yom Tov. Rebbe would not argue on the sheet of his grandfather's yeshiva, his great-great-grandfather's yeshiva of Beit Hillel. The Iker Nusach HaBroch Irak Lachtom Bishol Shabbat. The major brocha, when it's Shabbos and Yom Tov together, Rebbe held that Shabbat is the essential ending. What's the proof the Mishnah Bura has against the pre-Chodesh? He says, From the Yerushalmi and Rosh Hashanah. If you look at the Yerushalmi and Rosh Hashanah, it quotes Rebbe, and Rebbe is a carbon copy of Basilel. That's what it says there. Some say, Some say, we're not sure what the main day is when it's Shabbat and Yom Tov together. But Rebbe says, I'll tell you what it is. It's Shabbat. You start mentioning Shabbat first. Shabbat, and Shabbat gets the ending. Yom Tov is just in the middle. Masker Shul Yom Tov Bintayim. Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi says in the name of the great Yeshua Ben Levi, very important when you have Yeshua Ben Levi, Paskaning, that what? Halacha Kerebi. Ad Khan Lashon Yashalmi. Harei de Rebi no Katsham Mamash, Kebeisil of the Hocha. So we see from the Yashalmi, Rebi's opinion is there with the Psak, and it's exactly like. The Gemara in the Bavli on Beis Hillel. Upaskin and Gam Shomel Ocha Kerebi. 
So says the Mishnah that Rebbe shouldn't contradict himself. And we shouldn't have the psak where it says halacha kerebi, halacha kerebi, and these halachas aren't the same. Sarech leimar, you need to say the shom koel iker nusach abrocha liba the beisuel. Rebbe over there is talking about the essential way Chazal felt the bracha should be spoken out when it's Shabbat and Yontif together, and that was Beit Hillel. Shabbat in the beginning, Yontif gets its good mention in the middle, but at the end of the day, at the end of the bracha, it's a Shabbat bracha. The mighty Rebbe, the Iker Nusach Abrocha, even Lagabi Diavid, who was signed Mishal Shabbat, the little Pog was El Beit Hillel. Now, what about our Gemara? Our Gemara Shashan is talking about that Rebbe used to add something and add Yontif. But that was just a way to do a Hidur. You know what? Put it in the ending as well. But since you say Shabbat, you've done it. You've done the major ending. The fact that you also say that's like icing on the cake. It's good to have the icing on the cake. Avol. And now it goes. We have to find the end. Avol. You definitely, if you only mention Shabbat, your Yod say, not like the pre Chodesh. You don't have to daven over again. The Rebbe Koy Rakal Katchilon. Then I found in the great uh, uh, start off as a Balabos, because he didn't want to become a Posek. Eventually, he lost all his money. So he had to go in to become a Posek and a die in the great Avram Danzig, the Posek called the Chayorim, who lived in Vilna. I saw, and the Chomets Chaim lived in Vilna as well. I had a lot of respect for the Nishmas Odom, for the Chayodam. I found in the Nishmas Odom, which is, which is like the Arichut uh, of the Chayodam, Yesh Chiluk Ben Shabbat V'yomtov. Dim Dilek Mishol Yomtov Yotza. You can leave out Yomtov at the end of this brocha. Avol Dilek Shol Shabbat Lo Yotza. If you leave out Shabbat, and not Yotza, that's the Psaq of the Chayodam, of the Nishmas Odom. Because the main Nusach of the brocha is Shabbat. I think what this means is even more than that. I think he's even saying that if you leave out Yomtev in the middle, right, Hanan? That's what it sounds like. It says, it sounds like your mamish, you leave out Yomtev completely, you might be Yotze. You don't say Shabbat in this bracha, you're not Yotze, that middle bracha. Let's say you, at the end of the bracha you would say, um, you would say Makadish Yisrael Vazmanim, and you left out Shabbat altogether. That's nothing. Of course, you're not yotze. Um, that's what he felt in the Nishmas Odom. How important this was. Okay, so the, he goes further a little bit here, but here you see really the Gvura of the Mishnah Bura. <laughs> you see that he's willing to take on uh, one of the most important Paiskin of his time. Of, not his time, before his time, the Prichodosh. And, and he argues with him very strongly. And he says, if a person says, Makadish Shabbat, 
He's definitely Yotze. Clearly, especially if he mentioned Yontif in the middle. So you wouldn't have to go back and repeat Shmonesra again. It doesn't happen often if you have a Sidur, but it could happen. I just wanted to show you that element. Okay, so now let us move, my friends. We, we had a little bit of a break. Uh, let us move to the Yerushalmi, since we just mentioned how great the Yerushalmi was. Let's move to the Yerushalmi. And let's take a look. Um, I'm going to move the thing over here. and then Let's go to the Yerushalmi. Um, Yerushalmi. Here we go. All right. So we were talking, we had a three-way machlokas in the Mishnah in Peah. Okay? The machlokas was about what a person who has a huge field and a good part of his field is a good part of his field is away from the Rishos HaRabim, away from the edge where people walk and can easily get to. He's got a big, thick field of grain, a big, thick field of, of Tuah, and he's taken Peya from the stuff, let's say, let's say he's got the big, the farmhouse deep in, 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 in deep away, like a, a half, an, a, a, three acres away. And then at the edge of where the, where the people would be walking, there's also uh, grain and uh, fruits and stuff growing. So what does he do? He takes payah from the stuff near the farmhouse, three acres away. Now, we saw that according to the Chachamim, that, that's called payah. Even though how the people are going to know about it, he has to announce it, but it's called payah. It's a shame payah completely. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, hey, you got to do something at the edge of the field. Okay. So, what, let's see. So, we know that Rabbi Shimon says, at the edge of the field, you have to take off kishir. Hmm. What does that mean? Hada amra kacha mishum peya. Hmm. I understand that to mean that if you take the stuff off the edge, so you now have kedushas peya. But what does the shear mean? Mal kishir. Kol sodehu. When you take it off, you've done the stuff at the edge. But do you have to take off a 60th off of everything now, the stuff at the edge? Like the stuff in the middle, the stuff near the, the, the barn, the stuff near the farmhouse. Does that count at least to be like 160th, the stuff that you announced as payah? Right? Malkishir, kol sodeu. Does the stuff you do at the edge have to be 160th of the whole giant field? Oh, kishir, hamishtayer. No, no. The stuff you announced near the farmhouse counts. Now, you have to have an understanding. It's 160th of the total crop. So you deduct whatever you said near the farmhouse, the stuff that's deep in the woods, so to speak, deep in the, where, the, where the soda is, and now the stuff that you add at the end completes the 160th. That's the question, what does Rav Shimon mean? So the Gemara says, how could you think that you have to take the whole 160th from the edge? You're telling me that the stuff near the farmhouse is called Kedushas Peya. You don't have to take off Trumas and Meisters from it when the Aniyim get it. So it has Kedusha of, of Peya. 
It's, it's, it's called Peya. Kodshim Mishum Peya. And now you're going to tell me you need the shear of the whole field? If it's Peya, then it should count as the amount of uh, part of the 60th about everything that grew. Ella, it must be Kashira Mishtayir. That's according to Rabbi Shimon. Now, um, we know Rabbi Yehuda says that as long as you leave what? As long as you leave one Kelach. That's not Kellogg's. Kelach. As long as you leave one Kelach. Okay. You leave one Kelach at the end, it's at the edge. There's got to be a Kelach at the edge that's left. Otherwise, it's not a mitzvah payah. So, the Gemara says, That kelach has to be standing. That's what makes it payah. It's the thing that's left standing. But Rabbi Yosa, and Rabbi Yosa is all over the Yosham, it's Rav Asi. Rav Asi, in the name Rabbi Yochanan, says, According to Rabbi Yehuda, even the part at the edge that you cut off, in other words, even though it was something that was at the edge of the field, but uh-oh, you, you already you, you sliced it. So that's going to be, even that has a shame payer. Mara says, Ma, what does that mean? Miskaben lifter esadeyu alo. That stuff at the edge that was cut, was that you needed it because the stuff near the farmhouse wasn't yet a 60th, according to Rabbi Yehuda? So you needed that kelach, it's at the edge, plus it now creates the shame one sixtieth, which is the rabbinical amount of payah. Is that what it's about? Although, maybe it's even true that the stuff is it's sitting there cut already. It has the shame payah. It's the kiyum in the din of payah, even though you cut it already, and even though you already did a sixtieth of the stuff near the farmhouse, and this would be even more than you need. And even though it's more than you need and you've already cut it and it's lying there, that has a shame payer, and that gives the whole field the shame payer, even though it's more than a 60th. So the Gemara says, Another thing Rabbi Yosef said, what did he say? He said, You can always add more than a 60th. In other words, you take off the 60th you take off the 60th of the payah, and then you keep on adding. Remember what we're talking about. You take off a 60th near the farmhouse. Then you remember, oh, payah means at the edge of the field. It's got to be pasotcha. Okay, I'm leaving one little stalk. So ma'on kayomen. So what are we talking about then? So im miskaven lifter esodeyu. If he needs this stuff at the edge to be one sixtieth. Kvar Niftero. He's already taken that amount near the farmhouse. The stuff at the edge near where people are walking, it must be. Elakianan Kaiminan. What does Yasa say in the name of Yochanan? He doesn't need it. And yet, it's crucial to be done. In terms of the total amount, he's already fulfilled his mitzvah in terms of amount. But there's a special din, Rabbi says, it's not yet called Peah retroactively, until there's something at the edge. It can be cut. You don't necessarily have to leave it. But there was something at the edge that you said, this was my payah, that could work. And unless you do that, 
what you did beforehand doesn't count, but once you do it, it can count even though you've cut it already. So that's sort of like the magical, that's the trick according to review. Okay, now we're going to get into what things you need to take Peya off. This is the Besecht of that Peya. Let's take a look at this Mishnah. Klal Omru Bipeya. Kol Shu Ochel. First of all, it's got to be something that people like to eat. Right? It's got to be an Ochel. Right? It's got to be something that people enjoy eating. Okay? There's stuff that grows that is edible, but it's pretty tough to chew. That wouldn't count. It's got to be something that people, again, it could be a wheat kernel that you that you fold, that you grind, and you make flour out of. But it's got to be something that is is considered a normal food either now or eventually. Vinishmar, and it's the type of thing that the guy cares about. It's a it's a money crop. If it's hefker, then there's no dinpeya. If it's something that's growing wild, even though he owns it, but he doesn't really care about it. And no one really cares about it. And people, crab apples or something like that, even though you own it, you don't have to take pay from it. It's got to be nishmar, the type of thing you, 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 you set up your scarecrow for, you put your guards there. It's a money crop for you. What else? Gidul of minarets. <laughs> it grows from the ground, and you can see its roots in the ground. Okay? Uh, a mushroom patch would not be a chayiv and payah. Also, a very big chiddush here, that when the time of harvesting happens, it happens basically in one shot. Remember, we started at 825, and we're going to go to uh, 855. Now, there happens to be one of the famous trees that's one of the Shivas Aminim does not allow itself to be harvested in one shot. And that is the fig, the fig tree. The fig tree, notes her to Eina Yochal Pirio, we learned that, that's just the Metzius, that you have to wait around to eat its fruit. They don't all come out at the same time. So when you have a, a type of fig, there's no din of leaving peya from fig trees, because it's not Likitoso Ka'achas. What else? Umachniso Likium. Once this crop is harvested, it's the type of thing that you want to keep around the whole winter. It doesn't spoil quickly. It can be dried. It can be, uh, you can put it in the sun and, and, and preserve it. Uh, dry it out and preserve it through the winter. But if it's the type of thing that's a nice, you know, uh, like, I don't know, like cherries, for example. Cherries... I guess there's ways today you could store them in a refrigerator or freezer, but not in the time of Chazal, not in the time of the Torah. So cherries probably would not have a dinpeya, okay? Because you're not machmas at What else? Vahatvua, that's all grains, because grains can be held, even though there is rottage, you know, rotting stuff in grains, but basically they put it in a silo and they keep it through the winter. And, well, it wouldn't be Pesach if we wouldn't mention this word. Vakitniot, right? Kitniot, our favorite thing, right? Lupines, beans, right? Legumes. Kitniot are also chayim and peyam. Now, 
Ube'ilot, when it comes to a tree, you have the Ug tree. What's the Ug tree? So, I'm not sure what it is exactly. <laughs> uh, the Rambam says in the Parashat Mishnah, it's a sumac tree. I'm not sure what that, again, uh, those people who know about trees know what that is. And Hacharuvim, we know what that is, right? The carom tree. Agozim, all nut trees. Shkedim, almond trees. Kfanim and Rimonim. Now, even though a Gefen uh, doesn't last so long, the grapes, but the grapes are turned into wine. Grapes itself, like cherries, usually don't last, especially in time of Chazal, but when they're made into wine, that's the reason why uh, grapes, a uh, grapevine would be Chayim and Peya. Rimonim, and I guess, again, this is interesting to me that uh, pomegranates, sounds like they can be preserved, I don't know. And zaytim, of course, that turns into uh, olive oil. And tamarim, and I told you those can be dried. I don't know if pomegranates can be dried for the winter, I'm not sure. All of those things are chayim v'peya. And that's the, those are the types of things that are chayim v'peya. This is a very important mishnah. So we're going to try to figure out how we know that this these five things is the klal of peya. Which is ochel, nishmar, gidulav menaretz, kitasel ka'achas, machnisa lukiyum. How do we know all this? And how do we know that it includes even legumes? So let's take a look. The Pasuk says, Uvekutzrachem. Okay. So that means, ain't we have a here? That means you actually take a scythe, and what do you do? You use it to cut the stuff out. And how about if you don't use a scythe? How about if you are, I don't know, you're a cheapskate, you don't have one. How about if the way that you're planning on harvesting this year is with your hands? How about that? Tom and Lomer, there's an extra word in the Pasuk, any way you do it. Even if you don't use the typical uh, scythe to do it. What about Okerminayan? What about if the guy, I don't know who he is, but he just rips the thing off and with the roots, right? He's not even harvesting normally. He's like Hulk. He just puts his hands in there and he Hulk rip up. He just rips the thing up. That's the way he harvests. Okay. Is he Chayv and Peya? Is he a Kotzer at all? He's an Oker. Still Chayv. Talmud Lomar, Again, the extra word, the Chav. Any way you're doing it, even if you're ripping it up like Hulk. Ain Liela so that's katsira is usually the way, if the Torah didn't write anything, you would assume, what is the harvest? The harvest is the grain, because the grain produces the breads. How do you know this includes kitneos? Talmud Lomar, there's an extra word in the Torah. It says ba'artzachem. That's the ground, close to the ground. Grain, of course, rises, like stalks of grain, right? The waves of grain, you can see them rising. That's why you come and harvest them in that way, where you cut them using the scythe. However, when it comes to artzachem, uh, uh, means it's close to the ground. What's close to the ground? Legumes. Okay? How about ilonot minayim? How do you know trees? How do you include all trees? Because it says, a pasuk, the pasuk says, <laughs> it says, not to be machale besoda, lo tachale pasodcha. A soda can include, of course, not only uh, on a standard level, soda would mean a grains, a field that, that you've now cleared in order to have grains. However, um, 
the extra fact that the word is extra, from there I'm able to, I say that sadcha means all trees as well. Because trees can be in a sada as well. Sada ilonot, that the Mishnah Malakak speaks about. So a sada can be ilonos. A sada can be trees. So the sada means all the trees are chayim and peya. Okay. So that's this first source, how we know that it includes kitneos, it includes tlua, it includes peros. Tani, Abraisa, when it speaks about klayim, says, Zorin zroyim vizorin ilon ke'echad. This is a brice about Klaim. It's going to be a mesech that we're going to do in the future. Now, the halacha is that if you uh, take two types of, uh, of grains and you throw it in together with, with, a, uh, with, a, with a tree, that would be a problem of Klaim. Or with, with grapes, that would be a problem of Klaim. However, if what you have is a type of, a type of vegetable or one type of grain together with with, with, with with tree seeds, that's not klayim. That's not there's no isra klayim on that. So that's what the Brysa says. Tani Zorin Zroyim Zorin Elon. You can take uh, vegetable seeds or the seeds of, 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 of grain and you can take the seeds of a tree and plant them next to each other or with each other, Ke'echod, and that would not be a problem. Couple more minutes here. Okay. Vahazoreya menachartsanim. But let's say the, the what you're using instead with your tree is is what is you're using a a the 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 bottom stuff of grapes the chartsanim. Like 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 the psolis, the the leftovers of the grapes, they're low carboyim. Then you're chayiv, because grapes count. Because that's what you've done is you've 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 taken uh you've taken the two minim and you've planted them together with grapes. Now even though it's not the way you usually plant uh, a vineyard, this is like the junk of the grapes. You're still chayiv. Amarim zayriksiv. Which means what? I don't care. It's anything that's considered a, a vineyard and you put these other minim in there, you're chayev. Why? Because even though it's only the chartsanim, the chartsanim is alone. The chartsanim is, 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 is just as bad. In other words, basically what you do is you, you replant the grape. The normal way to plant a vineyard would be to take one of the shoots and put it in the ground. Here, what he did was he took <laughs> here he took one of the grapes and puts it in. Okay. Now, I don't understand. We, this is about client. So basically, what you're telling me is that even though it says sodcha. It doesn't really include trees. It's only when you have clium already and you throw it together with, with grapes that you have a clium. But trees, normal trees, just a tree with, with, with wheat is not called clium. So Tom and Amrinan, basically what we say over here, over there in clium is Zare Elon. I'm sorry, over, what we're saying here is that it's not called, uh, 
a sod. It's not called the zera of client. Whereas over there, when it comes to what? When it comes to when it comes to Kalayim, I'm sorry, when it comes to uh, Taman, which is the laws of Tuma, there it says, Zera Sher Yizara, that gets put water on it. That's a food. And once it has water on it, it can be, now become Tame. Vahocha, over here, At Amar, Zari Iwan, Einem Kruyen Zomen. You're telling me over here that when it comes, and it's by, by, by Peya in some way, but you're telling me over here, it's not called Zroyim. You're telling me Zari Iwan Einon Kairin Zroyim. Hmm. That's, that's, that's what you're just telling me by client. Amarle, says one second. Taman Miyatakosim. She'ain derech b'nayodim liyos korin osim Zroyim. Over there, it's not really called, uh, 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 if it doesn't have an extra pasik. I'm going to say zera and soda. That's not the term for a tree fruit that comes from a tree. That's grains. If you think about people when they say what what zera are you planting, they talk about grains. They're not talking about what type of uh, what type of uh, pardes you have. They're not talking about what sort of stuff is growing trees you're growing. Therefore, when the Torah said it, the Torah uh, expected you to understand that to mean not trees. But when it comes to tuma, when it comes to a share it's falling on a food item, it says anything that will you be called that. Okay? So therefore, that. so again, this is why we're putting it into perspective. When it comes to uh, peya. We have a special read. We have the word sadcha to include it. When it comes to klayim, fruit uh, fruits are not primarily the fruit tree, and the seeds of the fruit tree are not considered klayim. When it comes to tuma, the zera of fruit trees is considered a zera because you have an extra pasuk. Okay, so that is we started eight twenty-five, and we're going to do. Another seven minutes. Istaboy nishma menado. There are some that want to try to prove what we learn in the Mishnah from another pasuk. Now, there's the Torah writes in Sefer Vayikra and in Sefer Dvarim the similar pasuk. It talks about kisivtzer karmacha that when you are gathering in the grapes from your field. It says, do not take the immature grapes. Those are called ololos. Do not take the ololos. The immature grapes, just let them stay there. It's really a form of peya in a way. But it's, 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 it's a special aloha. Even if you've taken peya from the, from the vineyard, there's a special din of leaving the ololos. But the Torah wrote that twice. The Torah wrote it in Sefer Vayikra and Parshas Kedoshim, and it writes it again in Parshas Ki hmm. So we make a drasha. Why does that have to say again when you are gathering your grapes, when you are bringing your grapes in? What do you see from there? It doesn't mean just not leaving over the small grapes. It says ololos, ololot, lotadakdik. It means 
you should not be careful and 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 and, and harvest at all. How do you know olulos means not being nitpicky? Because the olelomo, the pasuk says, what you were thinking, God punishes you. Mita kenegan mita, what you were thinking, oh, what, what they were thinking. So you see, olel is about the smallness, the small thoughts that you might have. So therefore, what do you see? You see from that pasuk a, a ribui. This is what I'm saying, a special ribui for the din of peya. That's the Kabbalah of this way of looking at things. You don't need the Pasuk to tell you anything about Olulos, because that's already said in Kedoshim. The repetition in Mishnah Torah is being understood to actually be a Pasuk about Peya, because you don't know that Peya is a din in, in trees. From here, because this, this, this approach doesn't think the word Sotra includes trees. So how do you get trees? You get at least vines, grape tree, grape vines, you get from this Pasuk. Okay, now we have another Pasuk, which also repeats something that it already says in Vayikra. In it says, <laughs> It says, when you're getting your uh, olives, it says, it says, What does that mean? Don't disglorify the tree. Leave something there on top. That's called peyrot. Peyrot. Pay aleph resh vav That's the peyrot. So that's a pasik about what? A pasik about olives. It's about what you need to leave over the olive tree. So what do you see from there? Again, an extra pasik, because already says it in, in Sefer Vayikro, an extra pasik that's teaching you a din of peya, where? On an olive tree. How can you see that from there? Well, Amar because it says, Lo Sakifu Pas Roshechem. Now, and what does it say by Pas Roshechem? Don't, don't destroy it. And here it also says, it says the Pe'er. So I'm able to see that what? I make a connection, just like cutting off Pe'as. It means the glory of your head. Over there also it means don't cut that off. You need to leave the top of the olive tree for the Oni. That's a special din of peya that the Torah is machadesh by uh, olives. So it's a din of peya by olives and another din of peya by grapes. Now what do you do? Now we extend it to all trees. Mazayit v'kerem miyuchadim shalikatosim ka'achas. What makes them similar? They're basically harvested at the same time. Machnis and Lakiyam, it's a money crop, and you're going to use it during the winter. Chayov and Bepeya, and these two are Chayov and Bepeya. Avkol Tavash, Vikas, Gaachas, Machnis and Lakiyam, Chayov and Bepeya. So that's an example of a Mamatzina. In other words, not from the word Sodcha, like the first approach. It's actually built from a Mamatzina. The Torah was Megala, the Din Peya, by Zayas and Kerem, vines of grapes and olives. And from grapes and olives, I now extend it to all trees. So the Gemara, now when that happens, it's a weak type of limud because maybe those two are the only place. That's what the Gemara is going to ask. The Gemara says, maybe maybe God only wants those two trees to be chayv and because those are part of the Shiva Saminim and they're also chayv and bikurim. 
So it will, it will include uh, dates, and it will include hmm, pomegranates, but it won't include other types of trees. Talmud Lamar, from there, I have an extra pasuk that helps. The extra word, kitsircha. Aha. Uh-huh. So what is the word? So this is like an example. The mamatzinu has a little bit of help. It's like we're going to make this work with spit and chewing gum. Kitsircha is going to help the mamatzinu. Because what do I see from kitsircha? Kitsircha is about grains, not about trees, but that includes any type of grain, not even the ones that are the five special grains, afil ktsir ores, even if it's rice, or millet, afil ktsir dochen. So once I know that this includes, again, this is the way this is working here. I'm going to, from the fact that rice and millet are in there, I'm going to throw in all the other trees as well. So now the Yerushalmi asks, hmm. So basically it's like a mamatzinu plus the ktsircha. Together I'm able to construct the picture. But Yomer Zayas, Val Yomer Karen. Maybe, what do you need two for? Why do you have to build this Mamatsinu out of two? It's just like a Binyanav from two sources. Let it be only from one source. So the Gemara explains. She will never Zayas, will never Karen, but only say olives and not vines. How you see Omer Zayas, you put him in a parrot. Zayas, you know why Zayas, the Torah was Machadish, this din of leaving the pear? Because there's no din parrot. Okay. So the parrot is something a little bit different. The parrot is a special din by grapes. What is parrot? Read it to you in a second. Parrot goes with olivos. So the parrot is like leket. The parrot is like little, is like nice sized grapes that dropped. Because remember, they're harvesting, and stuff is falling through their fingers or falling through the sacks. And there's grapes lying on the ground. You're not allowed to go back and get it. Now, normally that's called leket. That's by when it's sheaves of grain. Here, parrot is the grapes you can't go back for. So I'll say like this. Zayas doesn't have that din. When you're gathering the olives and stuff is left over there, you can go back and get it. There's no din peret by Zayas. So since there's no din peret, God decided to put the din peya, chayev peya. But kerem, chayev peret, it already has a peret. It already has basically a, a sort of peya type of law that the aniam could run in and get all the stuff that's on the ground. So maybe the Torah wouldn't have said, I have to give it in peya by Karim as well. Well, yechai peya. Havit That's why you need to say peya by Karim as well. Hushomer Karim. All right. But then just say it by Karim. <laughs> but ilu nemer Karim. Hilo nemer Zayas. If we'd say it by Karim and not Zayas, let Karim be the Melamed. What do you need to? What do you need a binyanah from two places? How you see Omer, I'd say the opposite. I'd say once Kerem, you see how machmer the Torah is, that it's chayiv beperet, that the Torah says even those grapes that you left on the ground, you can't go back for. So the Torah really piled on when it comes to grapes, uh, uh, vines. You see Omer, I would say, chayiv uh, bepeya. But Zayis, she'eno chayiv beperet, eno chayiv bepeya. So we actually, this is an example of total opposite svaros. 
that the Gemara mentions one line after each other. And the reason is, is because in a vacuum, you can say anything. This is part of the principle in Shas of a pircha koldahu knocks off a mamatzinu. When you have one teacher, one thing, you could always argue and say, maybe it's for this. And if you would have the other one, you could actually argue the reverse. So that's why one without the other, you could actually argue the opposite logic. Which is what the Gemara says. So who shiyomer zayas? That's why you have to say zayas. Vitzara who shiyomer kerem, and you have to say kerem is there. But now the Torah says, hmm. So really, why can't I say like this? Viyotza zayas velimed al koaylanos peya. Let zayas be the mamatzinu, the main one. Right? <laughs> and why did the Torah write the special din of Kerem? Maybe the reason why the Torah wrote a special din of, 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 Zai, of, of Kerem again is not to teach you that Kerem was Chayev and Peya, but maybe it's to teach you that all trees have a din of Peret, that you can't go back and get the stuff that got through the people's hands when you were harvesting. Right, because you told me shame The same way the zayas can prove peyah. So the Gemara says, one second. Basically, you're able to teach the idea of what. You're able to teach the idea of, 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 of something that's the same in both of them, <laughs> which is they're both chayv and peya. That would make sense. But something that, that's not the same with them, right? And I'll, I'll use Rav Chaim Kanievsky's shot here. Peya nami rab yoof. In other words, it, it makes more sense to do it this way because to say that you're going to learn out Peya from Zayas and Peret from Kerem, that's weird, because the Torah only said Peret by Kerem. I'd rather, I, once I know, I'd rather say there was a pattern that was set and that it's true by all trees, rather than say one unique halacha, which was set only one place, applies by all trees based on the limit. I'd rather make it a consistent pattern and say everything is Chayim and Peya. Anyway, you see from here the complexity of, of discovering the source of the Teresh The Teresh tells us all trees are chayim and bay except ones like figs. Where does that come from? It takes a while to we're able to figure it out. Let's now go to... Let's now go now to the... Um, the uh, Talmud Bavli for today. So we go back here. And this is actually yesterday's stuff that <laughs> we still have to try to finish. Okay. Um, this is a very important, uh, important alochos here about cooking and leaving stuff on the oven and things like that. So we got up to um, right here. Amr Rabbi Barchana, Amr Rabbi Yochanan. We're going to see actually three or four opinions in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Here we go. 
We're going to try to uh, do as much as we can the next uh, 28 minutes or so. Let's see. Maybe if you guys are all right, we'll go a couple more minutes past uh, past that. But here we go. Let me see if there's any uh, no chats. Okay. Here we go. Amar Rabbi Rachan, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Kotma, what did you do? Arab Shabbos, you came and you put uh, ashes on the hot coals, and you thought you had weakened them. That's good enough, right? But then what happened? Bahuvara. Then you look inside the oven, you see that it didn't work. You see that it was it, it became inflamed. So what does Rabbi Yochanan say? Mishayin alechamin. You're allowed to keep food on it. Shehuchmu kotsarchan. Now, chamin, I'm sorry, doesn't mean food. Chamin means water. You're allowed to put, to keep the water on there. Even though there's a burning oven inside, I don't think you're worried about you stoking around, puttering around, as we said yesterday, because the stuff is already heated. You have enough hot water. So you're not going to fool around with that. The tavshil shabishal kotsarachal. And if you have a kugel or any type of food item that's already cooked more than what we talked about yesterday from Hananya, that it's only a half or a third cooked. It's cooked the way any normal person would eat it. You're allowed to keep it on there. We had this in the Yishalmi the other day. Even if the coals that we're talking about are the rosim coals, that are which are so hot, they're so powerful, that they actually, they look like they have uh, become exhausted, they look like they've extinguished, but they, they really pack an incredible fiery punch. Even if that's the coals that you used, which I guess you should have put a lot of ashes on, but at least you tried, even though they were these super coals, we still are going to let you keep the food on there. Hmm. Shmamino, don't we see from there? We know that it says you can keep all foods on there. Well, we know there's a lot of foods that they get, even though they get smaller, mitzvah, they get smaller, but they also get tastier as they get smaller. <laughs> they get smaller and they and they become juicier to eat. So you see that even mitzvah v'yofalomuter. So even though there's a benefit of it sitting there on the oven, not just to keep it warm, but actually to be acted upon, to be even more gishmak to eat. It's mutter to do that. And even though you've got the hot coals going. A second. It's different over there. If, if, if you talk about food that's totally cooked and the oven has not been worked on and it's got the, it's, the oven is totally on with the fire, fiery coals normally, you wouldn't be able to keep something on there possibly if it's going to get cooked better and it's going to get juicier. In this case, though, since you did make the effort, shiny ocha the kontma, at least you tried to put the ashes on there. It didn't work, but you at least made that action so we don't think that we, we, we don't apply the rabbinical stricture against you. Someone says, one second. Hey, <laughs> memra. This is just then a repeat of yesterday. My memra. What, what, how is this any different than what Ravoshia taught us? <laughs> it's the same thing that we just saw at the end of yesterday's learning. What did Rabbi Yochanan add? And as we know, Rabbi Yochanan was a student of Ramoshia. So what's he adding? Mar says, Uvara Yitzchalei. Uvara. That's also Ramoshia. That's what Ramoshia is talking about. It's the exact same thing we talked about before. 
that the, 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 the treatment of the coals didn't work, and now it's all hot again. That's the same thing. Mar says, you know what, but, but Oshia didn't talk about those super coals. Gacholim shorosim itzrechalei. Those, the super coals, even there the din applies. Aha, okay, got it. Amar of Sheshes, Amar of Yochanan. Now, Rafeshus was not from Israel. He was from Bovel. But he's also quoting Rabbi Yochanan. Let's see, from Israel. <laughs> Kira, that's the type of oven we've been talking about. The large oven that doesn't keep so much heat. Shosikua begefes of Eitzim, that you put the good fuel in, you put that good type of fuel in it. Mishayin Aleha, you're allowed to do what? You're allowed to keep on the oven, even though you don't you don't seem to have fixed it at all. You can keep food on it. Chamin shelo huchmu shelo huchmu kol Aha, the water has not boiled yet completely. You've done nothing to really to take the to, to weaken the coals, but you can still put the hot water on there, even though as Shabbos has become Shabbos, it's going to become boiled the way you like it. And which is the shita of Hananya, that even though it's only a half cooked or a third cooked, you can keep it on an oven that is completely hot, even though it's going to get better and better. Which means, like Hananya, that Rabbi Yochanan is like Hananya, that we're not, we, we don't suspect, we're not worried that you're going to putter around with the coals. Akar, though, once you take it off, lo yachzir. To do chazara on Shabbos itself is a problem. If you take it off, we're not going to let you put it back on. That looks like you're cooking again. Odd, unless what you did on Friday afternoon was sheyigrof. Then you cleaned out the coals. Oh, actually, you take an So that's from Shesh is quoting Rabbi Yochanan. So ksovar masnis and lachzer tonight. Clearly, if Rabbi Yochanan and Sheshis is going to align themselves with the Mishnah we did yesterday, it must be that the Mishnah, when it says, Lo yitain, that don't put this stuff on the oven, it meant on Shabbos morning or Shabbos afternoon. And yitain meant to return it back to the oven from whence it had come uh, on Friday when it was cooking. But if you kept it there, you'd be all right. That must be what Rabbi Yochanan holds. Avalishos mashahinan. But to just keep it there in the oven is okay. Even though, as we see, it's got super fuel in it, not, a, not like Rotem fuel, but a normal good fuel, and you haven't done anything to fix it, you're not allowed, you, you, you are allowed to keep the food on there. So what do you see? So Rava says, big deal. That's basically Hananya. <laughs> Both of those things have really been, if you do a careful analysis of the Mishnayot, they're both in the Mishnayot. First of all, Yishos, the heter to keep food on an oven that's not been fixed, so to speak, that's not been uh, amplified or, re, or, 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 or toned down, that you can keep the, cook, the food cooking even though it gets cooked better on Shabbos. That's a, a, the Mishnah we had in the first parak. Which says, a note in a sapas that you're not allowed to put bread into an oven to bake. Or you have hot coals and you have a wheat cake 
that you're putting on the hot coals. You can only do that on Erev Shabbos if it's going to get baked enough that the edges of it, the top of it, the bottom of it, is what it means, has, 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 has developed to the point that it's become crusty. Crusty. But if it's already crusty, sorry, you're allowed to keep it on there. So that's the same thing as a, a, a food, a, a kugel, that's a third or a half cooked. Bread that at least has aspect of it that became crusty, although it's still doughy inside, is comparable to food that's been a half or a third cooked. And that Mishnah says you're allowed to put bread in. That means you'd be allowed to put food in. You're allowed to put food on the oven and let it bake or cook, even though it's not completely cooked. So that's a mission on the first barrack. What did our Rabbi Yochanan come to add to that? Okay. Now, what about you're going to, the other thing that Rabbi Yochanan said? What was the other thing Rabbi Yochanan? The other thing Rabbi Yochanan said was, nami, this idea of not allowing someone to put back food on Shabbos, that's also Tanina, that's in our Mishnah. Because we go like Basilo, Basilo Omrim, Af Machzirin. Basilo says, right, uh, that you are allowed to return food to the oven, but Adkan lo Koshru, that means allowing, Koshru. Adkan lo Koshru, Basilo, Basilo doesn't allow returning food to an oven only based on what the Mishnah was talking about, which was cleaning it out. Our Mishnah mentioned specifically that the oven was fixed that it's been cleared out or the ashes have been put on the coals. But if it's not that way, Hillel would not allow you to put food on an oven. So both of those ideas that Rabbi Yochanan said, according to Rabbi can be found in our Mishnah. Rabbi says, you know what? That's not a question. Rabbi came to the base Medrash to tell us, Rabbi Nami he came to tell us what the Mishnah, that you can infer from the Mishnah. You're right, it's, but it's, it, it, the Mishnah, the Mishnayot do say it, but not explicitly. It's only inferred from the Mishnah. Sometimes a rabbi comes to tell you something that you can infer, and maybe the smart guys in the yeshiva have already inferred it, but not everybody did. So therefore, Rav Sheshis, quoting Rabbi Yochanan, said, these halachas are true, and Make your inference from the Mishnah. That's okay. It's not a question why you come to the base Medrash uh, to tell me things that not everybody can figure out. Okay? Do you could demasnisan kamash Okay. Let's go on. Amr of Shmuel bar Yehuda. Amr of Yochan. Now we have a third, a third version of Rabbi Yochan. Okay? Let's see this version. You have the stove, this double stove that we talked about. It has, you can put two pots on top of it. It's not really a double stove. It's a, you can put two pots on it. It's a square. It doesn't hold heat so well. But you put a good type of fuel on it. You can keep food on it on Erev Shabbos. That have been cooked completely not more than two-thirds, more than a third or a half. And and hot water can stay on it. Hmm. 
V'afilu mitztamek v'yafilu. Even if by staying on there, it's going to get even better, we're not worried that you're going to putter around. And you know it's going to get better. You like that yapchik, that overnight kugel. It's a big, big uh, treat over here in the in the in the east. The yapchik, the overnight kugel, right? The kugel was fine beforehand. It's stayed overnight. It's really special. They had, they they charge an extra dollar a pound for that. That's mitzvah make me offer though. So you're allowed to do. You're allowed to keep it on there. And we're not worried that you're going to get excited and they want it to get even better. He said, you're quoting Rabbi Yochanan with this etter. But the other, you know, why don't we say the first generation of Amarim, the big three, Rab Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan. Mishwakish is 3A. But Rab Shmuel, Damri Tarvayu, Mitztamek Vyafuloser. Rav Shmuel said that even though it's all totally cooked, but if sitting there on the oven, which you have not fixed at all, is going to make it juicier and better, you can't leave it there. Amrlei, so Shmuel Bar Yehuda said, he said, what do you think? You don't think I know about Rav and Shmuel? I know that the great Rabbi Yosef, who learned in Surah, by the Rosh Hashiva of Surah, Rab's student, Rabbi Yehuda, that Rabbi Yosef said that Rabbi Yehuda had told him that Shmuel had said, Mitztamek v'yaflo asr. So I knew about that. I know that, that this is the Masorah about Shmuel and probably Rav. But ki kamina l'chol Rabbi Yochanan kamina. I came to the yeshiva to tell you about what Rabbi Yochanan, the great God of Israel held. He held it's not a problem. I know what Rav and Shmuel does, but I'm telling Rabbi Yochanan all this. Amrle Rav Ukfo Mimishan Ravashi. Rav Ukfo Mimishan said to Ravashi, Atun, you guys, the Makrivitu Rav and Shmuel. You live near the area that Rav and Shmuel were the Ramonim. Maybe not exactly in Rav and Shmuel city, but under their net. So therefore, Aviduka Rav and Shmuel. You guys should fall Rav and Shmuel, and if the stuff, the yapchik's going to get better, you can't put it on uh, the oven. Anan, but we, we don't live so close to Babel. I'm from Mishan. Mishan is far away. It's almost a different country. Nabik Rabbi Yochan. I'm going to go back to Rabbi Yochan from Eretz Yisrael. Amrlei Abayu Rabbi Yosef. Mahalushos. Abayu asked his Rebbe Rabbi Yosef straightforward. Can, if the food is cooked, can you just leave it on there, even if it's going to get better? What's the halacha? I know you said Rav and Shmuel, but I've heard about Rabbi Yochanan. Rebbe, tell me what can I do? Can I leave this stuff on there? Amrlei, I'll prove it to you. Rav Yehuda, Yehuda was, it was cooked, it got better, and he ate it on Shabbos. In other words, it's one thing to tell me they did it. But now I'm telling you that Rav Yehuda himself ate the stuff on Friday night. He ate the kugel. He ate that yabchik, even though it was not so gishmak before Shabbos. But he had a midnight snack, and he had it, and he knew that it was put on there from before, and he ate it. That's called a Maisa Rav. That's a story that the Rav himself did. So if Rav Yehuda did it, we can follow that. Amar Leis, Abayah says, I don't know. Bar Minei the Rav Yehuda. 
from what you've told me, I don't know if you can bring a ride from Rabbi that Rabbi Huda ate it. Why? The Kiva the Mesukanu. Rabbi Huda was Mesukan. Why was he Mesukan? Why was he in danger? Rogula Ochso Bumis, Rashi says. <laughs> he was overwhelmed by a type of bulimic uh, uh, agony that he, he needed to eat and he needed to have something gishmak and sweet. And therefore, we would have actually, uh, of course he ate it. Because when he got hungry and needed it, if he didn't have the food, he might go into some sort of shock that could kill him. So therefore, reviewed ate it. But that doesn't show you that it was right what they did. That doesn't show that for a regular person that that would be allowed. So it's not a riot from review. Keeping the Mesukanu, I feel Bishabis Nami Sharma You could actually on Shabbat have cooked it <laughs> and cooked it to the point that it was nice and sweet and Gishmak and given it to him. So there's no riot from Rabihuda. Leave Lochmai. I'm asking about people like us, like me and you, Rabyasir. Not Rabihuda. Amrlay, well, I'll tell you this. Bisura Mashu. In Surah, and the Yeshiva of Surah, which was the Yeshiva that Rabbi Yosef learned at, everybody in that city that was connected to that Yeshiva, people allowed you to do it. Why? So Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok, Mari de Uvda Have. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok was called a Mari de Uvda, which means what? Rashi says, Medaktek Bemaso. He was known to be very careful in all these rabbinical laws, and he, and he said it was okay. And therefore, throughout Surah, everyone did it. So Abaya, that's good enough for you. Amar Ravashi, Kamina Kameda Ravuna. This is a different Ravuna, or a different Ravashi, because those two never saw each other. But Ravashi says, I was in front of the man called Ravuna, Vishoyinle, and they actually put it on before Shabbos. They did nothing to fix the oven. And I know what the food was that he ate. It was Kasa the Harsana. What's Kasa the Harsana? Rashi says, It's fish, little slices of fish that are cooked in oil. With a, a, in the oil is flour. So it's got the juicy fish and the flour taste. It's a very big treat called Kasa the Harsana. Okay. So they made Kasa the Harsana for him. The Ochal. And Rafuna ate it. Hmm. Now, I wondered why. Hello, Yanana. He must have held, since it was basically cooked from before, even though it got sweeter and more geschmack on Shabbos, since it was basically cooked before, so you didn't have to do any, any tikkun in the oven. Is that the reason why Rafuna ate it? Oh, maybe. Because you know what's in there? Because there's some flour in there. There was flour in there. And even though it's true, there was also uh, fish, which got better and tastier, the, the, the smaller and shrinkier it got. But the flour was actually worse tasting. So because of the flour, it was considered a negative. And therefore, because of the negative aspect, you can let it sit there. Maybe that was the reason. Even the ispe micha mitztamik v'ralo. Amar of Nachman, Rav Nachman said, I'm going to tell you the psak. Mitztamik v'yopuloy I'm going to tell you against what you've heard from before. 
from the other Rav Nachman, the Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. This is a different Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov. And from here, they bring a raya that Stam Rav Nachman and Shas is not Nachman Bar Yitzchak, because Nachman Bar Yitzchak is the one who would eat it. Nachman, the regular Nachman says, Mitztamek Biyopolo, if this item, which was totally cooked, but it gets better and sweeter and more geschmack. That's also for you to put it on there. It's also for you to put it on the oven. Metzamek veralo mutter. But if the item actually gets worse, then you can keep it on there because we don't think you're going to putter around with the coals. Kol de milsa, kol de ispe micha. If there's if there's dough, not dough or flour, in the item that's cooking, mitzamek veralo, that's considered negative the longer it cooks. However, there is one type of food that's different. Lavar mitabshel delifta, when we deal with a radish dish, a radish lefet, a radish or a turnip dish, the afogav, it's a, a turnip dish. The afogav the ispe micha, even though it has this turnip dish has little bits of flour in it, keeping it hot on the oven makes it better. Metzamek v'yopolohu. Why? Because there's little slices of meat in there. Hani mili de ispe bisra, because there's little pieces of meat in there. And why do you put little pieces of meat? Rashi says sheshuman abosar mishaber kolachalefet. In those days, the turnips were very sharp. So you needed the meat to undo the sharpness. And you wanted the kemach that was in there to give it a big consistency. So in terms of the kemach, the overheating it is negative. But in terms of the meat that's in there, it's basically a, a, a turnip dish. But the pieces of meat that are in there absorbing the bitterness actually get better the more they cook. Avalespe bisra, if you, if you don't put any of that meat in there, metzamek veralo, then it's considered a negative and you're allowed to put it on there. Veralo. Vechi ispe bisra nami, but even if it has the meat, nami lo umran, when do we say that the meat is a heter? I'm sorry, the meat makes it usr. By putting the meat, if there's meat in there, it's considered mitztamek v'yofilo, and therefore you wouldn't be able to put this turnip dish on the oven. If you're not planning on feeding guests, why, says Rashi, for guests, you want to put nice pieces in front of each one. And if you're going to put a turnip dish that started to shrink already. Oh, you know, it looks shrunk, and the little pieces of meat, you can't even detect them. So therefore, since it's, even though in terms of taste, the meat part of it tastes better, but it's very important the way you plate the object. You've got a bunch of important guests coming, so therefore, this would be, uh, this would make it allowed because it's actually a negative the fact that the meat is shrinking. Let's read it inside. Now, lapta, 
which is something that's made, Rashi says it's made from figs. It's like a fig, like a fig, um, uh, you know, like a fig, a bunch of dry, I guess, a bunch of figs mashed together, right? Or daisa, which is, of course, as you know, it's grains that have been uh, crushed. Vitamre, or dates. Then those are always mitzamek baralahem. Those always are food that comes, those always, the longer they stay, it gets worse. So technically, you'd be allowed to put it on there from before Shabbos because we're not worried that you're going to put it around with the coals. All right. Let's say you forgot. You left the, the pot with the food in it on the oven. And then what did you do? It got really cooked. So in other words, it was not, it was, it was less maybe than a half cooked. He did the wrong thing, in other words. He should have taken it off. But now it's cooked already. Mahu, what do we say? It was a mistake. Can he eat the food? Is the food usher? What's the dim? Ishtik. He didn't know he didn't know that locha. Well you omrev me didn't tell him anything. Lamokar, the next day, Fiabaraba, right? Nothik, he went out, Dorishle. He gave a drush about this topic. That's what happens. You get you get asked a question, you don't know the answer, you do research. Then you turn it into a big shear. Here's the shear. He came out and gave the drush. Oh, the bride, the Mishnah tells us Hamavashal Bishabis. If a person cooks on Shabbos, forgot it was Shabbos, doesn't realize that this is called Bishal, and it actually, had he known, he'd be chayiv. So if it's Bishogeg, Yochal. It's Bishogeg, you have to bring a chattis, but the food itself is not Osir Bachila. Bimezid, if you do Bishal Bimezid, lo Yochal. That's what Chiyav Arabah said. Now, and people are asking me about putting something before Shabbos on with an Isra de Rabbonon, lo shna. There's no difference. Hmm. And then he walked away from the Amud. We don't know what he meant. My lo shna. What did he mean by lo shna chiyah? By Rabba. So Rabba Rabbi Yosef, when they heard about the story, they said, what he meant was, he meant to say that when you leave stuff on the oven, accidentally, not remembering it, the food is definitely not usr. When is food usr? When it's mavashal, when you actually cook it on Shabbos, where you placed it and you actually forgot it was Shabbos, lit the flame, whatever it was, put the stuff in the oven that was raw and cooked it. That's where chazal asr the food. Mavashal, the oven, maisa b'mezid, where you do the action, lo yochal, then it cannot be. Avo, hi, but this guy, he just forgot. The stuff was on there from before Shabbos. He should have taken it off. He didn't. Hi, the loka oven maisa b'mezid, even though, <laughs> even in the case of mezid, even in the case, Robert Yosef said, where he, he knew it was on, but he just left it there, even though the halachas are supposed to not put it on there, but he just left it on there. He didn't do an action, even though he knew it was on there from before Shabbos. B'mezid nami yochal. Because it's not a bishul daraisa. So therefore, the food is not usr. That's what Rabbi Rav Yosef said. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak, remember we just had him on the page before. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak said what? No, 
What Chia meant was the Isura. He wanted to say that we're more machmer on this Tarabonon than the Araisa. On the Araisa, Chazal say, when it's amazing, you can't eat it, but Shogig, you can. You know why? Mevashel, where we're talking about an action that is uh, uh, an action for, an action that's an Isra Daraisa, there, Hudalo Osi Lirume. You're not going to, we're not, he's not going to try to to be sneaky about it. He's embarrassed that he did it. He's not going to actually, we're not choshesh, the person's going to cook on Shabbos, amazed. So therefore we believe him when he says, oh, I forgot, I didn't realize it was Shabbos. You forget, you didn't know it was Shabbos? We let you eat a Bishogeg. Avohai, but when you talk about Shehiyah, this Isra de Rabbonon of putting food on the oven that you haven't fixed yet and it's going to get cooked, that, we, that there's an Isra de Rabbonon to put it there because Chazal were afraid you're going to putter with it and they made this Gzeira to Osila Rume. He's going to, try, he's going to try to get out of it. He's going to try to be sneaky. He's going to be sneaky. Bishogeg Nami lo Yochal. We're going to specifically say the food is Osir even Bishogeg. So that is what Nachem um, Bar Yitzchok, and Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef, how we paskin in that case. Um, let's just go three, four minutes. Meisve, we ask from Abraisa, Shochach Kedera Algabi Kira Ubishla B'Shabbos. It says clearly in this Braisa, you forgot the Kedera on the oven, and it cooked. So it wasn't a half-cooked. It was, it was not even cooked at all. And it got cooked. What's the din? Bishabbos. Bishogeg yochal. If you forgot it and it was really a, a shogeg, you're allowed to eat the food. Bimezen lo yochal. But if you, you realized it was there and you just didn't take it off, you just left it there, we don't let you eat the food. That's talking about hot water that's not heated enough to be what you need. And or a cook or any type of other food you didn't cook enough. But if the stuff that was on there, the hot water was already as hot as you needed it, so then even though the halacha really should have been you should have taken it off. Bain Bishow, you should have taken it off because it was mitztamik v'yofelo, whatever it is. So then, even though you were amazed, you probably shouldn't have put it there, still yochal. You're allowed to eat the food. Diver Rav Meir. Rav Yehuda Omer, mutarit. If what we're talking about is hot water, that's always mutar. You know why? Because you never want the water to boil more than necessary. It starts to boil out. Hot water, by definition, if it's already heated as much as it should be, staying in the state of, of, of intensity makes it less. That's always negative. But if it's actually a kugel or something like that, that would be usr. Why? If it got better, kagon, kruv, like, um, uh, I know what kruv is, uh, cabbage, or pulim, or different types of beans, or basar, right? So there, or taruf, which I'm not sure what it is, but 
there the din is usur. There it's usur. The column is stomach the ravo mutter. So this was a brisa that we're going to now ask. So the Gemara says, What it mentions there was that if it hasn't been cooked properly, hmm. that Chia Bar Abba said it was all Osir. So this price is not Shver and Chia Bar Abba. Why? Because Khan Kaidim Xera, Khan Lachar Xera. Chia Bar Abba said it's Osir no matter what, even Bishogeg, because they made a special Gezera against it. This price is before the Gezera. But Rabbi Rabbi Yosef Amr Latera, they said Chia Bar Abba said it was Mutter. He, how can he say it's Mutter? It says clearly here that at least Bemezid, you shouldn't eat it. So Ekodim Gzeira, if they were if it was before the Xera was made, Kashya Mazid. Then why this they said Mazid is Mutter. This says Mazid is Usr. Ila Akhar Gzeira, Koshanami Shogek. That the Gemara says, Kasha, you're right. Rob and Rabbi Yosef have a hard time dealing with this price. My what was the Xera? Yam Rabbiuda Barshmul, Amravab Amravkana, Amarav, Originally, when they talked about this din, they said, when you actually cook on Shabbos, then what's, if it was Meshogeg, you can eat it. And they said the same thing should be if you forgot it on Arab Shabbos on the stove. But then the cheaters came. When they did some investigation and they saw everybody's keeping it on there, knowing that it's wrong keeping it on without fixing the oven and letting the stuff get cooked. The Omer, everyone says, yeah, we know, yeah, we forgot. They came out, the they ended up giving a knas on the person who forgot and said, you know what? You should not have forgotten because we can't trust people who say they forgot. There's too many liars out there. And therefore, they came up with a takana and said, even if you forgot. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.